All right, we're learning Yivamas Daf Yid Aleph. So we're in the middle of a machlokas in Rabbi Yochanan Rish Lakish. The, the case that they're arguing is that after one brother performs chalitza to one widow, the halacha is that the rest of the widows can, uh, can go free. All the rest of the tsars don't have to perform chalitza. And you don't need a chalitza from every brother. One chalitza from one brother exempts uh, for all of them. And the same thing for the tsaras. As long as one widow does it, the rest of them can go free. But the question is how to understand that. Is it being done on behalf of everybody? Is b'shlichos of everybody? So it's as if everybody did chalitza? Or is it not considered as if everybody did chalitza? And where does it make such a big difference? It makes a big difference in the following halacha. The Torah says that after a person does chalitza, lo yivne. He's not allowed in the future to marry the woman he did chalitza to. It's a lav in the Torah. The Torah says that the chalitza and the chalitza have a lav. But what about the rest of the brothers? So Rish Lakish says the rest of the brothers, it's not like they did chalitza. So for them, the woman's regular erva, she's an erva of Eshesach. There was a window of opportunity to marry her in Yibam, but once that opportunity closed after Chalitza, so now, Klapi, the relative to the rest of the brothers, it's an erva, it's full kares, Eshesach, and everything. And the same thing with the, with the other widows. The other widows will have kares, a full erva, um, to everyone. However, uh, the, the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan is that no, that since it's treated like everybody did chalitza, so the xeris hakasev, that there's a lav, is actually downgrading it, and it's saying that there's a plain, ordinary lav that is true for everybody, because it's as if everybody did chalitza. So that's the machlokas. According to Rabbi Yochanan, that it's like everybody did chalitza, even though the ma'is was only done by one, but it's b'shlichos everybody, so everybody's subject to that plain, ordinary lav of lo'yivne. It's not an erva, it's only a lav. According to Rish Lakish, only the chalitza and the chalitza are of a lav, but everybody else is, um, is treated like an erva of Yishazach. So the Gemara, we we're dealing with a Brisa yesterday, where we had a Kasha. The bottom of Yudam is the first part of the Brisa, and this is where it makes a big practical difference. If someone was Cholitz to his Chalutza, and then wrongly, he shouldn't remarry her, but he remarried her. So the Kedushin is Tofes, because it's only a Chayv Lavin, so it, there's validity to the Kedushin. And then afterwards, subsequently, that person dies childless. And now the widow is falling to Yibum in front of the other brothers, who didn't do Chalitza. So the beginning of the Brites have said that what's the halacha? That she needs to do, she needs chalitza from the brothers. So the Gemara said that's a right to Rabbi Yochanan. Because according to Rishalka, she's an Arab, she shouldn't need chalitza. The problem is that it seems like from the beginning of the Brites, like Rabbi Yochanan, but the end of the Brites, it sounds like Rishalka. Because the end of the Brites, says, let's say, if it was in a scenario where, uh, where it's falling to Yibam, but Stam, after one brother did chalitza, when a, a, a different brother went ahead and was Makadish, the woman, then uh, he doesn't need, there's no Tfisus Kedushin. It's nothing. There's no validity to it. So Pashras, it sounds like Rishalkish. That she's an Arab, and therefore there's no thesis of Kedushin. So the Gemara was bothered as a steer between the Reisha and the Seifa. So today we're going to pick up how we can reconcile it both according to Rish Lakish and according to Rabbi Yochanan. Top of the Amid Aleph. Here we go. Ravashi says, like Rish Lakish, Ravashi holds like Rish Lakish again that the rest of the brothers have Kariyas. He's going to make the first part of the bride, so the difficult part, work out if you follow Rabbi Shimon. Rabbi Shimon, just to remember the background, Rabbi Shimon is the opinion of Eshazach Shabbat Remember, Eshazach Shabbat is that Yibam is only done by a brother who is alive together in the world with the deceased. So the Rabbanon say that it doesn't make a difference when the new person is born. Even if the new person, the new brother is born after another brother had already done Yibam, but he's an Eshazach Shabbat So if that brother who did Yibam subsequently died, then, uh, then the widow can't do even to the third brother. Just to illustrate that, you have Reuven, Shimon, and Levi. Reuven and Shimon are together in the world. Reuven dies, Shimon did Yibam. And after Shimon already did Yibam, Levi is born. So the Rabbanon's opinion is that that's also So now, if Shimon, if Shimon would die, Levi can't do Yibam to Shimon's widow because of her history of being Reuven's ex-wife. And it wasn't Ba'olamo of Levi, so Levi can never do Yibam to that woman. Whereas Rabbi Shimon says no. is only if Levi is born before Shimon did Yibam. But if Levi's born after Shimon did Yibam, so then relative to Levi, from Levi's perspective, this widow was never Reuven's widow, she was just Shimon's wife. So therefore, it's not Eshazach Shabbat and he can do Yibam after Shimon dies. 
So Ravashi is going to use the idea of Rab Shimon how to explain the first part of the Braisa. Ravina Savar like Rabbi Yochum, Ravina holds like Rabbi Yochum, Tashka Rabbanan, he's going to explain the end of the Braisa like, like the Rabbanan. So the game plan here is that we know there's a steer between the Rasha and the Sefer. The Rasha sounds like it's only Chayvi Lavin, that's why she needs Chalitza from the other brothers. The Sefer sounds like it's an Erba, that's why if someone else was Makadish her, there's no Tvisa Zakadusha. We're going to interpret it, the Ravashi is going to interpret both parts like Rishlakish, but we're working with the variable of Rab Shimon to make it make sense. Ravina holds like Rabbi Yochum, he's going to interpret it like the Rabbanan to make the part make sense. And now the Gemara elaborates how this can work. He learns the first part of the bride, so like Rab Shimon, what's the case again? Someone had done Chalitza to Zivama. And then he was married to her, so he did the wrong thing. He shouldn't marry her, it's a lot. But then he was Makadish, or the Kedushan with Tophes, and then he dies. She requires Chalitza from the brothers. What's Pshat? Aye, and this is really a big question. Which brothers are we talking about? We're talking about brothers who were born after he did Chalitza and married her. So we're not talking about a regular brother. A regular brother who was around before the Chalitza would be an Erev, would be Eish Ruven. But we're talking about a brother who was only born after Shimon had already married her after he did Chalitza. So we have the lumnus of Reb Shimon that from his perspective, he only knows her as Shimon's wife. He doesn't know her at all as Ruven's ex-wife. Therefore, she never gets that Erev of Eish to him. We're borrowing this idea, this concept from Shimon. Come on, Reb Shimon, Reb Shimon, just Reb Shimon says it's not Eish Zachu in a case where um, where Levi is born after Shimon already did Yibam, so to hear, where Shimon did Chalitza, and then he married her, and then Levi is born, so it's, the woman is never viewed as an Eish from Ruvay. That's the point. It's never viewed as an Eish from Ruvay. That's past history. From Levi's perspective, from what Levi is born into, he's born into a situation where the woman is already only married to Shimon, post the Chalitza. So now that Shimon dies, she's not going to be an Erva, an Erva to the... Um, to the future brother, and that's why it's not an error. So if it would be a regular case of other Rishlakish, it would be right. The other brothers after Chalitza, it would be, it would be, uh, it would be an error. There wouldn't be a Tvisa Kedushin, she wouldn't even more Chalitza. But here we're talking about specifically where, where, where Levi was born only post the Chalitza and marriage of Shimon. Therefore, from his perspective, it's not treated as Reuben's ex at all, so there's no Eish and that's how that line of the Brisa makes sense. Whereas the end of the Brisa, if one of the other brothers, the regular brothers, brothers who were born before the Chalitza, if they marry, if they tried to marry her, and it wouldn't have anything. Come on, Rishlakish, like Rishlakish said, that there's courage, she's in Arva. So we, we reconcile the beginning of the Brisa and the end of the Brisa. We're talking about a different type of brother. The beginning of the Brisa is specifically talking about a brother who was born after the Chalitza, after the Chalitza and the marriage. He's a totally different type of brother. Um, from him, from his perspective, it's never Eishes from moving, so that's why it's allowed. Whereas in the Sefer, we're talking about a brother who was born, who was born be, um, before the Chalitza was born, so it's a regular Erev according to Eishlakish. Now the Gemara explains according to Rabbeinu. Rabbeinu held like Rabbeinu held like Rabbeinu the other brother was only only alive, so he explained the Brisa to fit with the Rabbanan. and then he married her. Again, he's not allowed to do that, but Lamai said the Kedushan was toe-faced. Now that he dies, he's a Chalitza Menachim, and she needs Chalitza from the brothers. Manachim, which brothers are we talking about? Achim, and Brothers who were born before the Chalitza had been done. So it's not Israel Shabbat Lama type of situation. It's regular brothers. And like the command, Rabbi Yochanan, we're going like Rabbi Yochanan. The bride fits with his view that it's only a plain love, and that's why they're going to need Chalitza. Whereas the Seifa, one of the brothers who was born after the Chalitza was done. So now it's an Eshashach type of situation. Where he's born after Chalitza was done, then in a love club. Then she doesn't require anything. There's nothing, there's nothing Chal, command, Rabbanon, like the Rabbanon who argued with Shimon. Like the Rabbanon, that's Eshashach Lama. If he's born after the Chalitza, Eshashach Lama, there's not going to be Tvisa Kedushin. So what we're doing is we're combining two concepts. We have a Machlux of Rechon Rishlakish if after Chalitza, the rest of the brothers were only Alav or Karis. Then there's another question in general, if a brother is born after, uh, after, 
after Gibbon was already done by, by preceding brother, is that, was that widow going to be Asr Timas Shimon says no, and, and Rabbanan says yes. So we're putting the two concepts together. So we're saying, like, like Rabbi Shimon, it's not It's like once a person is born, we only, only re- relates to the widow from what, what, what she is when he's born. So it's only Shimon if he's born after Shimon Ardidim, it's only Shimon's wife. So there's no And the same thing here, there's no Eshes from Ruven to worry about. Therefore, Rish Lakish would agree in such a case that he doesn't have the cards. And the other way around, and Rabbi Yochanan, Rabbi Yochanan would agree, if, he's followed, if you go like the Rabbanan, that it is Eshel Shabbat Lama, where Levi is born after Shimon did Yibam, that Rabbi Yochanan is going to concede that if Levi was born after Shimon did Yibam, would try to be Makadish, after, after Shimon did Chalitza, if Levi would try to be Makadish, there wouldn't be any Tfises Kedushin, because of the Eshel Shabbat Lama issue. Continues the Gemara, Itmar, Abal Yavama, so, so one person was born in Yavama, so you have a brother, and he does Yibam, with one widow, and then another one of the brothers goes and uh, has Bia with, with the other co-wife. In other words, there were Reuven dies and he left two two women for Yibam. So the halacha is once one does Yibam, the other one the other one doesn't doesn't need to do Yibam. She goes away free. Here, after one of the co-wives did, did Yibam, the other co-wife is doing Yibam to another brother. So the shaila is, how bad is that? So let's just give a background. The halacha is, let's say one there's only one brother, just to keep it simple. Could he do Yibam to both women? The answer is no. The Torah says, Bai Zachat. Right, he should be by bone of the house. We learn by bone You only build one house, you don't build two houses. That's the general idea. You're not supposed to do even to both widows. So the question is if the other brother would do even to the second widow, is that going to have the same thing or is it going to be different? So it's a dispute. One says, no, it's much more severe. It's actually cards. Why? It's a brother's wife. It's it's an Asia and one says, No, it's only an Isra Asay by Sakra Bonavane's bottom. The Kumar explains the Mahlokas. Madam Bukar's Grishlakish, one who says Khaib Kars is like Rishlakish. Rishlakish holds that the din of the person who did Yibam, it's not Shlichas of everybody, it's only Yibam is only done by the brother who did Yibam. So Klapi, the other brother didn't do Yibam, no Yibam was done. He didn't do the Yibam. So Misvar, now that Yibam's the need for Yibam's over, the Asia Sakh should come back on on the other co wife. And if he's bowler, it's Khaib Kars. Only on the Yavam who did the Yibam, the Torah says, Xerzah Kosov, that it's only an Eser Asseh, by Zachon of Bona, 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 Beis Batim. But Klape, the other brother, there's no such Xerzah Kosov. Klape, the other brother, we have uh, regular cards. Madam Rav Asseh, Rav Yochanan, the one who says that it's only a Chayv Asseh, it's like Rav Yochanan. Rav Yochanan holds it some Bishlichas. According to him, it's not just like the one who did Yibam, did Yibam. It's like, it's, according to Rav Yochanan, it's like everybody did Yibam. So when the Torah says, when the Torah says that um, that after you do Yibam, there's an Eser Asseh to marry the other co-wife, that same Eser Asseh will, will, will apply to the other brothers as well. Okay, now the Gemara moves to a brand new topic, a fascinating new sugi here. So a little hakdam over here. When a woman is mezana, when a woman is mezana as an Asha Sish, in other words, she, she's married and she sleeps with another man, the halacha is that she becomes forbidden to her husband. And the source for this, there's different sources. We see this in the, in the, in the Pesokim in Naso, but the Pesokim in Naso are talking in general, even about a sota that we even uh, are nervous that maybe she was mezana, even when it's not certain. But there's another pasuk as well, Parshas Kiseitze, that talks about uh, a taking a woman who has been defiled, and we're going to see in the Hemshech HaGemara that that's referring as well to an Eishas who was Mizana. So the bottom line is that there's a halacha, that once a woman um, sleeps as an Eishas with somebody else, the halacha is that she becomes Aser on her husband. So now the Gemara says, I'm reviewing the Marav, Sarah, Saita, Asurah. What would happen if a woman was confirmed? She's a Saita. And then, confirmed Saita. And then what happened is, is that the husband dies childless and she's left to Yibam. The Gemara is assuming for a Dabar Pasha that she wouldn't do Yibam. And not only would she not do Yibam to the brother in law, but if there was another Tsara, if there was another co wife, then she would pat to the Tsara as well. Tsara Saita Asura. So the co wife, together with the adulteress, are also Yibam to the brother in law. What's the shot? 
because the Torah describes her act as a sota of Tumah, that she's contaminated. It says in the Pasuk that the husband shouldn't return to her after she has been defiled. So Tumah Sivba. So where do we know the Lashon of Tumah Karayas? That's the same Lashon that's used by Arayas. So by Arayas, he uses the language of Tumah. And here, by the Saita, he uses the Lashon of Tumah. So we mean to make Xer Shavav connect them. And we say, just as by Erva, there's a Halacha that she doesn't do Yibum. And there's a Halacha as well that she patters the Tzara. So too, those same exact Dinim, those same exact dinim are going to apply to a tsara, to, to a saita. A saita also has a din kilo, she's an erva, as if she was like a relative to the brother. We're going to say that, 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 that the din of the tumah, she doesn't do even a chalitza, and as well, she's going to pot to the tsara. Now, the achorinim all struggle to understand the gemara because the Torah is saying the din of the tumah to the husband. But we know the din of the erva is only when it's erva to the yavam, right? That's the point. When you're an erva to yavam, then you don't do even a chalitza and you pot to the tsara. Who cares that there's a tumah that's on the site to copy your husband? What does it have to do with the yavam? So, vice versa, it seems that there's a kilkel in, into the ishas. There's some pagam. As a kilk on the ishus, the, the ishus has gone down, right? She has she has she has defiled the relationship, and yibum is taking over that relationship. So the same tumah which is said on the relationship with her husband um, and her marriage now carries over towards yibum. So therefore, there's a din tumah that she cannot do yibum, and we're saying the koif as well is exempt. Tremendous chiddush from Rav. Right? We can't. We come from the Mishnah. The Mishnah later is talking about a woman. Husband went overseas. She doesn't know what happened. So one witness comes back and says, you know, the husband died. So based upon this, she, she gets remarried. So really, she should have checked better than just relying on the one witness. So if, if it was wrong, we make all sorts of penalties and fines on her uh, to be machmer. So over there, what if, because they said the husband died, she went ahead and uh, she does yibam. So we say that she does yibam with her or chalitza with her, then... Um, it would exempt the, 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 a co-wife from requiring Yibam or Chalitza. So what's going on here? Really, she's considered to be an adulteress, right? That's what happened. Her husband was really alive the whole time. And uh, Reb Shimon agrees that, for example, that, 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 that the halacha is that this woman who, who moved on too quickly, just hearing after her husband died, after the rumors her husband died, she moved too quickly, she's also to go back to her husband. But he's saying that Lamaisa, she and her tzara are mutter to, to the oven. So let's just, again, let's clarify the case. You have a woman whose husband went overseas. A woman hears that her husband died, so she gets remarried. Now her husband comes back, and now she turns out she was Asia's ish. She's not going to ask her to go back to her husband. And that's the halakha. She should have checked better. But yet, Reb Shimon is saying that if her husband now dies, then, then, then her and the tsara have zika. But the halakha is that if there's a bia or a chalitza from the brother, it would exempt the, the, the tsara. So clearly we see that they're not exempt from yibam. Here we're saying that a sota is exempt from yibam. And we see over there in the mission that she's treated like a sota because she moved on too quickly. We say she's also to her husband. So why? Because she was Mazana. She was an Asia's She slept with another man while she, Lamaisa, she was married. So how come if Rav is right that a sota is an erva to Yibam, then we should say that, that over there as well, she's, she's an erva to Yibam and her and the Tsar shouldn't have to do anything. So the Gemara says, Amalcha Rav, Rav will say, Aminochan, Saita Daraisa. What are you talking about? I'm only saying it by a full fledged real Saita. Saita, who is Mamish Mazana Bemizid. I'm going to say Rabbana. That's only an adulterous Mid Rabbana, meaning there really, she was okay. She had the Aid, the Aida. She had the Aida Achad. Rabbana wanted to Kanaz her to make sure she would be more careful in the future, whatever it is. The system has to work, so we make sure that she should check better. So the Mid Rabbana, she has a Din of Saita. So when it's Midar Raisa, take a Din of Saita, that's where there's a Din Erva, and that's where the Allah, that she doesn't do even she Pathers the Tsar. But we're only talking, but, 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 but that, in that Mishnah where, 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 where we're saying that there's, there's a Zika to her and the Tzara, there we're only talking 
because it's a sotimit rabbanon only in nuknas. As the Gemara Karmel and Karyula, it's such an obvious answer. What were they thinking? Obviously, Rav's only talking about a daraisa sota. So the Gemara says, because Rav called to talk about rabbanon came daraisa. We thought that whatever the rabbanon should be misak, and they should be misakin as if it was a daraisa, like to, to be parallel to the din of the Torah. So even though it's been rabbanon, they should have given it the strength as if it's a daraisa. So what in the world is the pshat that, that on this din to rabbanon? Yes, yeah, rabbanon, but we should say, kein daraisa talking, we should be machmer in her and not let her do yimar chalitza. Here we see Reb Shimon's not saying that. So he, the one who's asking the question thought it's a daraisa, that he, it's, a, it's a proof that even a sota daraisa has even it doesn't exempt the tzaddik. Mar's answering no. Sota daraisa only is where we say it. Sota rabbanon, we do not say it. Says the Gemara, another Kashan Rav Masiv Rav Ashi. So here we're talking about a case where it's not a confirmed sota, but we're nervous, right? A woman was warned, and then she was secluded herself with the person that she was warned not to. So she enters into a secluded place. She stays there with him long enough, theoretically, for Bia to occur. So now, that's the halacha. Even when we suspect that the woman is Mazana, she's also to go back to her husband. If the husband dies after that, she doesn't, but she doesn't do Yibam. So what do we see? We see that she needs chalitza. She requires chalitza. Clearly, she's not considered an ervatibim. She's not considered tumakarais. She wouldn't exempt the tsar. So, Kashan Rav, according to Rav, we're saying that a sota is tumakarais. It's like an erva. Here, what do we see? Here we see that, um, that 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 when there's this din of the sota, when she when she secludes herself, that she does have chalitza after the husband dies. I'm only talking about if it was confirmed, it was for sure. You're bringing me a case where it's not confirmed, it's just a suspicion. When it's a suspicion, there's no din toma. It's just that we're nervous. When it's confirmed, there's a din toma. Says the Gemara, is that really true? What's different about if it's confirmed, there's a din of toma. Din of toma makes her like an Arab, and that's why it exempts her in the Kohai from but so does nami Even by the so there's a din of tuma. Where do we see? So now we're going to get to this whole source of where we get this whole din tuma by the sota from. So let's just make a We're looking at the pasuk, a pasuk in Parshas Kisaitz. It says after her husband divorces his wife and she remarries somebody else, he shouldn't. The husband shouldn't take her back. Pasuk says he shouldn't take her after she has become. Um, Tommy, she's been defiled by marrying somebody else. So, so the, the Tanya says in a bride, someone who takes his divorce back after she married somebody else, uh, if it was from the state of Nisu and Asura, she's also to marry the first husband. But if the second marriage was over Joss from Irsin, Muteris. In other words, if she only be- was betrothed to somebody else, but she didn't actually have a beer with him, it doesn't, then she's not also to go back to her husband. Why? Where do we see that there's a distinction if she did be or not? The pastor says after she'd been defiled. Defiled means that an act of Bia has been done. So if just she does she just did Irisin, it wouldn't also in her original husband. As only she does Nisuin, she becomes an officer because Rabbi Yosemite Keeper understands that the Pasuk Hashem is talking about the Master Grusha, so like the simple Pshuto Shomikra, the case where a woman is divorced, she remarries somebody else, and now she wants to go back to her husband. So in the simple Pshuto Shomikra, it says, Achrei Yosemite after she's been defiled. So it's all about being defiled. But this one and that one are also, meaning that the Dinah Master Grusha is also, even if it's been an Irisin, even if she didn't necessarily sleep with the second husband, she just got married to him, she's also to go back to her first husband. The Torah says the din of Tumah. So the Rabbah Sotashinistra, the Rabbanon are saying a fascinating thing that we take the Pasuk out of context. The Pasuk in context, he's talking about Master Kushasra, a woman who divorced, uh, who was divorced, married somebody else, and the Torah is saying, don't go back to your first husband. But the Rabbanon take it out of context. They take the Lashon of Tumah and they say it's not just talking about a Master Kushasra. The din of Tumah is talking about a Sota, uh, a Sota. And it's saying that she has a din of Tumah and that she can't go back to her husband after she has been Mizana. So it's pretty incredible. Sometimes you have a Pasuk, you think it's talking about one thing, and then the, the real meaning changes. We think it's talking about Master and the Rabbana just absolutely changed the meaning to refer to actually to a sota. 
And the Pasuk is saying is that the Sota can't go back to her husband. So, 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 so Rav Yosef and Kifar holds the Pasuk not talking about a Sota. It's talking about Masri Gushasso, that she has a din Tumah after she married somebody else. So he says, you see, it's only Tumah. It's only when she sleeps with somebody else. Rabbanah says, no, 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 there's two things here. There's the Pshuto Shomikra, Masri Gushasso is also when she married somebody else. And that's true whether or not she, 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 she did be with the second husband or not. And then there's another din. There's another halacha. That if a woman is Mizana, she is defiled, there's a din Tumah, now she couldn't go back to her husband. So the Lashon of the Brahsi is that it's talking about Sota Shinisra, where she was secluded. So clearly we see even if just she, she even if she is just secluded, she has the din of Tumah. So the Gemara says, no, my Nisra, what do you mean she was secluded? Nivala. Really means it that it's confirmed that she slept with somebody else. So my Carly Nisra, why would the Brahsi refer to her as if she was just secluded when really we're talking about that she had Bia? The answer is Lishnama Aliyam, not God. It's just a euphemism. It's a nicer way of speaking. After she has been defiled, is really referring only to confirmed sota. But it's a nicer way of speaking to say us, uh, 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 where she was nisra. We don't want to refer directly to the act of relations. So we're basically coming out that the din tumah of sota is really only said on a sota vadai, not a sota suffix. And we, 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 we defend for the price of that way. And only on the sota vadai did Rav say the halacha that sota is like an arva. Says the Gemara, Nivala, you're saying that the Pasuk is talking about someone who was. Confirm Why would I need the pasuk here? The law in Parshas Kisese. Look in Parshas Naso. The Torah says, uh, as soon as a woman, as, as soon as a woman sleeps with, with with another man when she when she is married, she becomes dumbit. So clearly, the pasuk must be referring even now, even to a site of suffix, or else you would have two pesukim saying the same thing. So Mar says, no. Let me come up with a law. It could be that the Torah is just adding that there's a law from the pasuk in Parshas Naso. You only know that it's forbidden that there's an eser aser to take her back. She is tame. but we don't say that there's a law. And now we see that no, once a woman is Mizana, there's a law to take her back. But really, it could be that the din toma to take her back is talking. Is talking only about a confirmed sota. Only she has the dintoma, and only she would potter herself and the kohai from even chalitza. But just a suspected sota would not have that halacha. Okay, now the Gemara just tries to understand. He doesn't hold bechlau that there is any lav about the adulterers. There's only the din. There's only the din of the of the Israsi from parshas nasso. But the lav here, according according to Yisman Kiefer, isn't talking about sota. The law here is talking about Masri Rushasa, Aphilus and Anami, even if she for sure did the adultery. My time, it's talking about marriage. The Lashon of Pasuk is that you shouldn't take her after she marries somebody else. She went to somebody else, then he shouldn't, he shouldn't take her back afterwards. So that's definitely true that the Pshuto Shomikra from the word Havaya, that we see that the Pshuto Shomikra is talking about after Masri Rushasa, where somebody married her afterwards, then she shouldn't go back. Whereas Rabbanu and her mom agree that there's a lot of Masri Shasu, but they also say that the Pasuk is taken out of context by Achareo Sherat Hamah, and it's referring to the Sota Vadai, and on the, cons- on the confirmed Sota, there we have the Halacha that, um, that she treated like an Erva, she doesn't, she doesn't do Yibam. Now, just to speak out a little bit of the lambda. So, what's coming out here? What's coming out is that in a sota vada, there's a din of tama, and a sota safek, we're saying there's no din tama. So, sota safek needs chalitza. Sota vada doesn't need chalitza, and she potters the uh, the tsar. That's what we're saying. But the question is, we clearly see from that mission sota that is uh, uh, when we suspect that a woman's mazana, even when it's not confirmed, we see there's a din tama because halacha, she's also on her husband. And uh, she's also the Trima, and, and, and the Pshad, the Gemara and Sota says, is that the Tomos that are written in the Parshas Naso are saying that there, we include even a, a Sait of Suffolk, and we say that even the Sait of Suffolk, we suspect that she did it. The Torah said Suffolk Kevadai, and we were nervous that she is a Sota. So how can we come along and make a distinction between a Sait of Vadai and a Sait of Suffolk? It doesn't that really the whole Allah of Sota that we're nervous that she is the Vadai? So basically, Tysus has this question in the Chronim, a lot of different discussion, but it seems that the rate is that. 
that the halacha of Safek is only on the specific laws that the Torah said. Meaning, essentially, really, we think that the woman, in, in an objective sense, we don't have a reason to think for sure she did it. She has a chazaka, she's good, we shouldn't, we shouldn't necessarily have to re- think that for sure she did it. It's not that every Saita Safek we, we are treating as a vada. There are certain dinim that the Torah said that, that, that Safek in relative to these dinim, you have to assume she did it, in relative to her being ushered her husband, for example. But the din tuma ka'arayis, that extra din tuma, which is coming only from the lav, which we're mentioning here in Parshish Kiseitze, that din tuma, there's no halacha of Safek Klape that, we actually think that she didn't do it. So you have some really interesting raid here with Saita Safek and Saita Vade, right? Saita Safek is usher because you think she did it, but yet, there's distinctions between a site of Ada and a site of Safik. That's it's really difficult about our Gemara, but that's the conclusion. Tumak Sibak arises only on a site of Ada, site of Safik, in fact, would not have the din of Tumak, and therefore she would have Zika, she would do Khalid, and she wouldn't ask for the Tara. So now the Gemara continues. Somebody remarried is divorcing, meaning he divorced a woman, she remarried, and then he takes her back. So he's doing the wrong thing. He's doing the wrong thing. But Lamai said the Kedushin is Tevis because it's only a lot. Amaze. Then he dies childless. So Rasulmah, what's Allah about the Tzara? Does she have Yibam or not? So what exactly is going on? Here, the marriage was illegal because it's Mashri Shasun Mishinises. And if the marriage is illegal, so then, so then, um, so then definitely there's some erosion, there's some kilkel to the Ishas, which should certainly pass over on some level and say, don't do Yibam, don't take that over. But the question is, to what extent? So according to Rabbi Yosef ben Kifar, let's before we even get into it, there's a din toma, right? Masri Yishasa, Rabbi Yosef ben Kifar held the din toma is going on. The Masri Yishasa, the Rabbanon say no, the din toma is going on sota. Masri Yishasa, the pasuk is not giving the din, the din, the din of toma. So the Gemara now speaks out. Leave it to Rabbi Yosef ben Kifar. Let's go to Rabbi Yosef ben Kifar. You don't have a question. Given Rabbi Yosef ben Kifar, toma Masri Yishasa. He said that the term of toma was said on Masri Yishasa. Tzarasa kamosa. So it's a din toma. So the tzarasa is kamosa. Right. So we're going to treat the tzara like her. Now that's mamish like we said by sota. Rabbi Yosef ben Kifar. Would say about According to him, the din toma was said on Masri Shasa. So she has a din erva. She has an erva. She'll be positive from Yim Chalisa and she'll exempt the tzara. Now, you might say that even though she's a din erva and she potters the tzara, but maybe the Torah specifically said that she doesn't potter the tzara. Why? Because Imishim Dechsev Toeva He. It says about her, she is rejected. So it's a miat because it says only she. The implication is not the co wife. So if you're going to say that the Torah specifically implies. The co-wife is not forbidden. So we respond, he toeven, Then no, she just means she is rejected, but the children are not rejected. It's referring to the children. Then Masri Shasmishini says, if they have children, the children can marry Kohanim. We don't say that the Kilkul passes on to the children that comes from the relationship. Masri Shasmishini says, if there are children, they can marry Kohanim. But Hatsarasa Toeva, in fact, the din of the Tsara could be that she is considered Toeva. She's also rejected. She also can't do Yibam because there is a din of Toma on the Masri Kushasa. So according to Rabbi Yosemin Kippah, that this is in Toma Masri Kushasa, we have no doubt. She has a din Toma. She exempts the co-wife. Everything's clear. Kiti Bailach, where's the Safak? Leave it to Rabbana. It's only according to Rabbana. They're Avakaf, they're Rabbana. The Rabbana took it out of context and they said, Tumma is not going on the Masri Shasa. The Tumma is going on the Sota. So Masri Shasa was just a regular lab. They did the wrong thing. All right, so maybe it's not good to do Yivam, but there should definitely be a Chalitza and it shouldn't pater the, the Zika because it shouldn't pater the Tzara because there's no Dinerva here. But maybe we say no. Ein mikri de A Apostle can never completely change from its simple interpretation. The Sipshuto Shomikra is that the Apostle is talking about. The Pasuk is talking about 
Um, so maybe the Rabbanon are not completely taking it out of the context. They're leaving it by its context. They're, just, they're applying it as well to another context. So maybe the Rabbanon agree that there's a Din Tumah on Masri Kushasu and therefore would potter the co-wife as well from Ibn Machalitz. Odoma or maybe Kimi Once it's taken out of context, it's taken out of context. So now there's Bechlal no Tumah for Masri Kushasu. This is the Suffolk of the Gemara. So the Suffolk of the Gemara, so in the Rabbanon's opinion that the Din Tumah is referring to Sota, is it only referring to Sota? And therefore Masri Kushasu should, should not potter the Tara? Or do we say, that it's also in Mikrin Shuto, and it's also referring to Mazrushasu as well. Says the Gemara, Iga Da'amri, other people say it different. Alibi Darbana, Loti Balkim, Sakris Hakan, the Rabbana, there's no question. It was taken out. It's uprooted. It's talking about Sota. It's not talking about Mazrushasu. So there's no Shaila. It's taken away, and the Kohath can be taken to even. Kiti Bailach, where do we have the Shaila? Libra Bismin Kiper, Kunt Rabbi Bismin Kiper. What's the question? Kunt Rabbi Bismin Kiper, there's Tumma. My, Avogav, Rabbi Bismin Kiper, Tumma, Mazrushasu, Siva. Maybe we say, even though there's a Tumma on Mazrushasu, but maybe what we took before as a premise to be for sure true was not true. Maybe there is a Miat. Maybe Rahman, he Tuaiva, and Sarasu Tuaiva. The Torah said she's rejected. The implication is the Kohath is not rejected. And there's a specific implication from the Torah that the Kohath is mother. So even though there's a Din Toma on the Master Kushaso, but the Torah specifically tells us that the co-wife can do Yibam. Oh, Dilma, no. That Trasher is coming to say that the children are rejected and that the children from a Masri Rishasso can marry Kohanim. But in fact, the co-wife might be rejected. So we're not sure how to dash in the he. Is it coming to exclude the Torah or coming to exclude the children? So in this version of the Gemara, our Tzavik is in Rabbi Yosef Keeper. So the Gemara tries to resolve the Shaila. On my late tiny two, it says in a Mishnah, Let's say two widows fall to a, to a Yavah. One is good and one is not good. We'll see in a second. What does it mean? What does it mean? Good and not good. But if one is good and one is not good, in my if the brother is going to do chalisa, chalisa b'suli, he should do chalisa the possible one. I mean, if he's going, to, if he wants to do yibam, yibam the chair, he should do yibam to the kosher one. So the, we're not really sure what kosher and possible means. But if it says if he's doing chalisa. He should chalisa to the apostle. If he's doing yibam, he should do yibam to the kosher. My chair, my psula. What does it mean kosher and apostle? Let's say kosher means somebody who can marry a coin, meaning there's no blemish, there's no divorce, there's nothing that makes her unfit to a coin. And apostle means somebody who can't marry a coin. Like let's say the woman is is, is divorced from from somewhere else. But but either way, she's kosher to do yibam. So 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 what would the pshat be that if she wants to do if you want to do chalisa you should do chalisa to the apostle why even the chaz if it's fit to him what's the difference he should do chalisa with either one he could or to do or do yibam to either one if kosher apostle means um, kosher apostle to a, to a coin who cares the yavam's not a coin let him do whatever he wants. Who cares? Who cares? When it says kosher apostle, it means apostle, kosher apostle to the yavam. We're talking about that. There's an easy. We're talking about an issue that there's a disqualification to the yavam, but not to other people. Mind what's an example? Masukushaso, like our case. It's a remarried divorcee. His brother remarried a woman. He divorced. who married somebody else. So now it's an iser for the yavam to do it. And now we're saying like this: If he's gonna, one of them is a master gushas. So there's two widows. One is master gushas, and one is not. So if he's gonna do chalitza, he should do chalitza to the master gushas. If he's going to do yib and not marry and, and, and he, could, he could do it to her. And if he's going to do yibam, he should dafka do yibam to the kosher one. So, Ketani, why does it say, Right? So, what do we see? That the tsara is in potter. We see that the tsara of a master trust can be taken for yibam. So, basically, we're understanding the mission of talking about kosher apostle is talking about kosher apostle to the yibam. Because kosher apostle to the coin, we can't understand why that makes a difference in his decision who to do chalitza or yibam to. Elamar means kosher apostle to him. And it means Masri Shasu and somebody else. And it's saying if he's going to do even you even to the to the somebody else and not to Masri Shasu. So we see that the other one, the Tsara, is not exempt. 
says the Gemara, long shir kosher lama to lama. It might mean kosher to him, but but it means like kosher apostle to call on him. What would we bother by? What, why does it concern him? What the status to call on him is? The answer is the karma keeping the chazam and achlamine. They say you're bothered. If anyways, it's good to him. What difference does it make? What how it relates to call on him? The answer is from the Rav Yosef. The Amar Yosef contrary to Rebbe. Rebbe taught us there's good morals here. You shouldn't spill out extra water from your pit if somebody else needs it. Meaning, even if it doesn't matter to you. Even if it doesn't matter to you, but if it matters to somebody else, then you shouldn't you shouldn't mess them up. So over here, right, you have a woman who right now, one woman is a divorcee and one woman is not. So if you're going to do chalitza, whoever gets chalitza becomes uh, cannot marry a coin. So you may as well do chalitza to the person who anyways can't marry a coin. Because if you do chalitza to the woman who is eligible to marry a coin, then you're making less people in the world who can marry a coin. And maybe the coin would really want to marry this girl in the future. But since you did chalitza to her now... Now, now the coin's not going to be able to marry her. So better to do chalitza specifically to the one who anyways can't marry the coin. That way, you're not messing up the coin. So it's just good morals. So now we go back to something else. Tashmama, again, bring a riot. Someone remarries a divorcee. He shouldn't have. But after she remarried to somebody else, he remarried her, and then he dies. She and the co-wife need chalitza. So first of all, that doesn't mean, that can't mean both of them. Of course, chalitza is only done to one widow. The other one doesn't need what it means is either she or the co-wife needs chalitza. So what do we see? We see a co-wife could, cannot be taken to Yivam. We're saying only she, only she, she or the or, or the tzar needs chalitza. So we had a topic in the Rabbanon. If what's the halacha master shalsing says, do we say the ain pshuto? Maybe should kick in and it should say that that that, that the tzara is also to yibam. So we see that we see that there's a din here that the tzara should dafka do chalitza not to yibam. It must be going through our and in maker yosim pshuto. There's a little bit of toma and that little bit of toma carries over to the tzara and it says the tzara shouldn't do yibam. Says the gemara, it's not a proof. If a law to root to come tzara, it's law. Haven't you already? Um, changed what the Brisa was saying. In other words, the Brisa at face value said both enemy chalitza. We had to change it to say either he or the chalitza or the, or the, or the or, or the tsar needs chalitza. So once you change it, change it further to Ritzachi. He chalitzes, she needs chalitza. She meaning the master Rishasu, and the other one sarasa for the other kohen. She could even do yibum. So once we change it, change it more. We're not positive that we got it right. All right. So before we had two versions. Um, now the Gemara is going to move to a different Amora from his perspective. So the perspective from before was all about the Tumah. The Pasuk saying Tumah is it referring to Master Shazav? I'm referring to Master Shazav. Rabbi Yitzchak Kibar, the Rabbanon, Mikasev, so on and so forth. Now the Gemara has a different approach to the whole thing. The same issue, just different names and different svars. Master Shazav, Mishinitzah. He takes her back and he dies childless. What's the din on the Tzar? What about her herself? So he said, I know she herself is not going to do Yivam. Why? Why is the Master Shazza not to do, not, not do, why is she not going to do Yivam? Is she an Erva to the Yavam? She's not an Erva. The answer is, she became she became Asra on someone she was originally mother to. She was originally mother to her husband when she went, but once she was divorced and she married somebody else, that Asra her up on someone she was before mother to. So if Master Shazza Asra her up on someone she was previously mother to, but Asra certainly should Asra her up on the brother in law. So what we're saying is, a very interesting concept. The Master Shazza, what it does to, to Asra on the husband, should certainly Asra to the brother-in-law to explain a little bit more the brother-in-law is taking over he's perpetuating he's continuing the issues of his dead brother of the deceased so any isser that was on the issues to the husband should certainly answer up that there should be a heter of the issues to the brother-in-law to take over the issues so that's the svar of master which doesn't mean she needs his up on the husband certainly it should answer up on the issues any potential heter on the issues for even to happen so there's no question that master is not mutter for her to do yibam 
to the other. I wonder about the tzara. Does the kavachomer strong enough to exclude the tzara or lower or not? And what we really want to know is that the kavachomer kick in and say that her eshes ach is like an erva. Hagufa. Since there's an iser master yushaso, so that on a certain level and the level of the severity of the iser master yushaso that's in the ishos, so on that extent, there's no hatar on the eshes ach. So it says if you have a little bit of an erva, or no, maybe you say not. Come on, at the end of the day, it's only master yushaso. There's no full fledged erva, and therefore it can't aser the tzara. Says the Gemara, different version. Could she herself do evil? So here we want to know about her herself. So I'm a Why don't you? Why? Why? Why you? Why are you only worrying about her and not the tzar? It implies that you know for sure the tzar could. Why are you so certain? So so so. See, he said. I'm not wondering about the koef. Even if you say the kavachom, there's no way kavachom is going to make it mamish and ever to answer the to answer the tsar from evil. I only want to know about the divorce yourself. My me on kavachom welcome mitzvah alone. Is the kavachom true to stop the mitzvah? Stops the heter the heter of the eshesach because. There was an Isra in the Ishus and the husband, and certainly should Asr the Hatra and the Ishus Asr the brother in law. Although maybe we don't say the Kavachomer. So in this in this uh, version, we perhaps we don't say the Kavachomer at all to stop. So Rav Ami attempts to resolve it, and this is exactly the same as what we tried to do in the, either Amaram. So we can go through this pretty quick. Amalei, Tani Dua. We learned in the Mishnah Chaskashir of Psula, two widows follow the person. One is good and one, one is kosher and one's possible. So what do we say? If the brother's going to do Chalitza, Chalitza Psula, he should do Chalitza to the possible. Now, Yami, he's going for even Yami, he does even to the kosher. My share, my Psula, what does it mean kosher or possible? If you say kosher and possible means if they're fit to marry a calling, kosher would mean a woman with no history of divorce. Possible would mean, let's say, a woman with divorce. Who cares? It's his decision. He's not a calling. What difference does it make? Even even the possible one is fit to the other. What's the difference to him? Why should he? What does it make which one he does chalitza to? We have to be talking about a case. Kosher means kosher to him. Possible means possible to him. It's someone who's possible only to the other, not other people. Who is that person? So the widow is a Mishini. She's now falling together with another woman to the Yavam. And we're saying, if he's going to do Yivam, he does Yivam to the Kosher. If he's going to do Chalitza, he does Chalitza to the Masr Grushaso. So what do I see? That the, that the Tsar does Yivam. So I see that the Tsaras Masr Grushaso is not Asr to do Yivam. So at least we've resolved that the Kavachomer isn't going to Asr up the Tsar. So the Mar says, Lo, really we're not talking about Masr Grushaso We're talking about someone kosher to marry a coin or apostle to marry a coin. And with this that we're saying, what difference does it make clap at him? This that you were bothered. If anyways, it's good to the Yavim. It's only relevant to Cohen. What difference does it make to him? The answer is because of the ethics. Here, Rebbe taught us, you shouldn't spill out the extra water of the pit if someone else needs it. So since here, if you do Chalitza, you're going to ask her to Kohuna, you may as well do Chalitza to someone who's anyways also from Kohuna. Because if you do Chalitza to the one now with kosher, you're ruining the potential for the Kohen to marry her. So the Gemara now says, Someone remarried his divorcee after he shouldn't have. After she was married to another man, he dies, child lives. He and she and the Tsar does Chalitza. So that Lashon doesn't make sense. They shouldn't both need Chalitza. We have to clean it up. Either she or the Tsar does Chalitza. So what do we see? That they shouldn't do Yibam. So we see that the, the Masr Grushasa was making a din that her Tsar shouldn't do Yibam. So we have a proof that the Kabachomer is all enough to answer the Tsar from doing Yibam. 
So the Gemara says, no. You have to change the gear. So once you change the gear, so change it further. The master of Shosu needs Chalitza. So also Chalitza of Hamas. The co-wife could even do Yibam. Once we change it, we change it to amend it conveniently. So bottom line is, let me just make a quick recap of Master of Shosu. Master of Shosu, there is definitely a Pasuk that says, according to Rabbi Yisrael, keep her the Pasuk of Thomas talking about Master of Shosu. So therefore, according to him, there's no Shailah, that there's no Zika, she doesn't have Yibam, Chalitza. According to Rabbanon, it might have the Tumah, it might not, because the din of the Tumah, the Rabbanon took out of the context and applied to the Sota. So we're not sure if there's a little bit of the Tumah that the Ein Makriyosim Yosem that remains on her. Another Nafkimina that the Gemara is not sure is what about the Tzar? According to Rabbi Yosem Yosem the Torah may have excluded it. According to the Rabbanon, it may still be there. We're not sure. That was one version of the Gemara back and forth that remains unsettled. Another thing which remains unsettled is that even if we don't work with the Tumah, the Gemara has this new Kalva Chaymer that that there's a Svara. That this Kavachomer should say that there's a, there's something stopping the hetra of the Eishas Achan a Master of Shosu Mishin. He says, and the Gemara is not sure. It's Suffolk and the Rabbanon does that also. The Tzara does it also. Her the Gemara is back and forth on these points.